0: Periodically, we will see individuals that will come out and proclaim the end of the world. Last week, I mentioned to you a physicist that he was saying that uh, there was no hope for this world. That sooner or later, we would would kill ourselves. There would be uh, the burning up from the heat... Because ozone's out there, or maybe the uh, melting of the ice glaciers and the floods would get us. But he was saying there was no hope. The only possibility we had is to find another planet and get on that planet as this one disintegrated. Uh, I said at the time, this guy doesn't know my God. He does not know that there is more hope. There is God, there, is the, there are the teachings of Jesus Christ. And in that, that gives us all hope and a destiny and a future. There have been some, and I remember one particular guy, he was over like in Virginia, and he took a group to the top of the mountain uh, because the end of the world was coming and people believed it. He had had this same prediction years before, and it didn't come true, so he had that embarrassing walk down the mountain. You know, I can imagine He's not even happy that the world still hears. He's embarrassed. So he goes back and gets his pen and paper out, starts recalculating, and this one is it. This is the end of the world. Well, fool me once, and it's your fault. But you fool me twice, and it's my fault. Well, he took some more people up there, and they had to come down again. I don't know what happened to their wealth. I was, uh, uh, from my memory holds uh, is holding up and it doesn't on a lot of things but i believe what happened was they sold their belongings and gave them to that minister now what was he going to do with all that wealth you know they sell their house sell their cars but they're going to give him the money uh, but i believe he knew he was coming down so he had a good nest egg so once again there are those prof- uh, false prophets we know that uh, there was the uh, James Jones uh, situation in which a guy in California, he was, he was a prophet, he was teaching, he had a large following, such a large following, and the IRS checking on him, and people uh, coming in and, and uh, just investigating him. So he takes his crew down to South America, to one of those countries there, he bought some land, took everybody down there, and they're there in their own world. Well, a congressman from his area decided that he needed to look into this. He had so many reports, so it must have been a large a large gathering, but he was getting complaints from those that were still left. Let's say like the the daughters, the sons, "Hey, my mother, and my dad went down down there with Jones. What's going on? They sold all their assets. What's going on?" So they went down there And before the uh, congressman was able to get off the ground, there was a shooting and there were some people that were killed. Jones decided that this is the end. This is the end. He knew the word would get out, that uh, there was a lot of things uh, going on down there that just weren't right. So he had a concoction of poison. And he passed this poison out to everyone. And if a mother was there with her child, she was to give the poison to the child and then she was to take it. There, there was folks that came in from the United States and checked it out and they found all of these dead individuals. Jones himself, the way he did it, he used a gun on himself. Uh, he didn't go with a poison that might have been more painful and slow. But false prophets, false prophets everywhere. Well, in Jesus' time, They also wanted to know when the end of time was coming. And Jesus admitted, I do not know, only God knows. Only God knows. But he did not leave us here as orphans without any directions whatsoever. In his teachings, there is preparation for today, tomorrow, for eternity. In uh, the book of uh, Mark, this kind, this this paints a pretty bleak picture for those that are following Jesus Christ. On a, and he's talking to his disciples on on account of me you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Please remember that one sentence. And the message must be preach to all nations, because we'll see that again. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, now it doesn't say if, it says when. So, okay, guys, you choose to follow me. This is what's going to happen. And he's not sugarcoating it for anybody. But do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at that time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit There will be. Brother will betray brothers to death, and a father his child. Children will be rebel against the parents and, hate them, uh, and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Man, that's not a li- exactly what the Army or the Navy or the Marines would use on their recruiting posters. I mean, uh, that, is, that is pretty doggone rough. It's one thing that uh, we turn all boys into men, but this is painting such a bleak picture about fathers and sons against uh, the children and the the problems that they'll rise up against each other and that they'll be persecuted and they'll be put on trial when you're put on trial so it's not exactly a promo for the national guards let's say or the navy it doesn't really ring as a positive incentive to join his band if you will to to follow him into the future. But he did not leave it in such a manner. He did not leave it that way at all. John 8, the 8th chapter and the 12th verse. When Jesus spoke, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have life, will but will have the light of life. Follow me and you will have the light, the light of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The 21st verse, same chapter, I'm going away and you will look for me and you will die. In your, You will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. You are below, and I am above. You are of this world, and I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If, if you do not believe that I am He, you will indeed die in your sins. Jumping on over to the 31st verse. If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There is hope. Yes, it it is uh, it is guaranteed that there will be troubled times. We know what the troubled times are like. We have spoken on it, and I have said in my lifetime, I've never seen Christians so persecuted as they are today. But what we see today is nothing compared to what they saw, the first century's disciples. And yet when we look into the book of Acts and we see how they grew, an explosion of followers of Jesus Christ from a small band from that Pentecost morning in which the Holy Spirit came down, from that point on, it was literally an explosion explosion of the Word of God. It was being shared person to person. It was not on the radio. It was not on TV. It was not in the newspaper. But people were so excited about Jesus Christ, they shared it. And yes... One of the reasons that it went throughout the world was because of a guy named Saul. In God's infinite wisdom, Saul came in and stirred up the nest and Christians went everywhere. But where they went, they took the word because they were excited about it. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. And they said it in such a convincing way. Others wanted to follow him as well. They had not seen Him. They had not been with Him up the upper room. But they believed what was being taught. And it was one person after another. And there were baptisms throughout the country. Because they were following the Word of Jesus Christ. In in John, the 10th chapter, the 9th verse. I am, the, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, fullness. For I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. This is before the crucifixion of Christ. This was one of those messages that at the time did not make sense to the disciples. I mean, after all, he told them three different times before the upper room that he was going to be taken away, that he would be crucified. Three times before it, and then the fourth time was in the upper room. The Last Supper, he's telling them what's going to happen. But they left dispersed and scared, never understanding it until until Pentecost. They were with him those 40 days after the resurrection. They even ate with him and they still didn't get it. Sometimes I think they were in the slow class that, uh, you know, moved along kind of, uh, you know, not sure of what was going on around them. But I'm not so sure if I was there at that point in time, how quick I would be on learning because looking in the rear view mirror, it looks a lot different than it would if you're on the ground if you're seeing what they are seeing, if you're seeing Christians being drug out of their house, taken down to prison and executed, you would have kind of a bleak attitude also. How do I know that he is going to come back? How do I know that there will be that day that he's talking about, the Pentecost time? How do I know? Yes, I've seen him. We've had supper with him. He's entered the the room through walls. But I still doubt. I still doubt. It even says that in, well, we'll get to that verse a little bit later. The 14th chapter, the first verse says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. The 6th verse, 14th chapter says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Anyone, underline, capitalize, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Because I live, you also will live. These are the teachings of Jesus Christ that were given in advance. These are the same lessons that you and I need to learn. We do not need to hit The panic button every time some false prophet starts saying the world is going to come to an end and it will be soon. And I have heard this on TV so many times, even by ministers that I really respect. It's going to be soon. Well, that's what they were saying uh, immediately after Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was saying. That it will be soon. But the word says that no one will know that he did not know himself when the end was coming. So the good news is if we follow Jesus Christ, we don't have to worry about that. If we take care of our business, we do not need to worry about those others and their business. For there will be those individuals that will be uh, prosecuting, persecuting Christians and doing everything they can to put Christians down they can call christians all kinds of names but we have jesus christ and once we have that enthusiasm that christ had as he taught the word and we knew he he had to be charismatic cuz look at the thousands that would come to him time after time not just one time not just two times but he had to walk through the crowds he had to walk through them he had to get away from them he had to be charismatic But we as His followers, when we have that excitement enthusiasm, it will be contagious too. It will be like a grass fire that blows across the plains of Texas with a strong wind behind it. It will be something that it will be very, very difficult to put out, if it is possible to put it out at all. But before the flames go out, there will be thousands upon hundreds of thousands that will believe in Jesus Christ. Their souls would be saved, they will find a place in the hereafter that without that movement of Christians, would have never happened, would have never happened at all. In the book of Matthew, and remember that last that sentence I'd ask you to hold on to. In Matthew, the 28th chapter, Jesus' last visit with His disciples, beginning with the 18th verse. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Once again, He tells them, to go throughout the nations teaching, sharing his word, sharing with the rest of the world what they have seen, his miracles, the resurrection of the dead. Tell the word of Jesus Christ and take it throughout the world and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded and surely I am with you always to the very end of the ages. Right above this paragraph, and I was reading Jesus' word, but the last sentence that is written by Matthew before Jesus spoke said that Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. Even at the very last moment, they're saying, but some still doubted. Okay. Okay. Don't we as Christians have our doubts at times? We, we, we talk the talk, but sometimes if there's something really serious, maybe there's a car wreck, we have that little tinge of doubt. We're wondering, will this be heard? You know, Will my faith hold up underneath this challenge? Heaven forbid anything would ever happen to my children, but I cannot think of anything more devastating in my life than something that happened to my children or my grandchildren. How would I face that adversity? Would I stand strong? Would I be the Christian that is able to stand and give praise to Jesus Christ because he has taken my my children home to be in heaven with him? Would I? I hope I never find out. But there's other trials and other tribulations. Like there are times that we are called to step up and share his word in public. Maybe for a public prayer, and then we we have that doubt, we we have that jelly feeling, and we waffle, as they say. No, I cannot stand up and speak out for Jesus in front of these people. I do not have the words. I do not have the ability to speak. And yet Jesus told his disciples, "Do not worry about what you're going to say, for I will give you the words." So we have our doubts. Not in the same situation because we are not sitting with Jesus right before His ascension. But we are sitting with Jesus. Today, at this time, in His house, this moment, we are sitting with Jesus Christ. If you are put in a place like that that might seem kind of awkward to you, remember the words of Jesus Christ. And you do not stand up on your own faith in yourself. It's not like, I don't have the words, I don't have the ability... No. It's it's Jesus Christ himself that has their words and will implant them within you. When you have a chance, the opportunity to speak in his behalf, he will give that to you. He will give it to you. For we know that the the disciples were not those that were trained in public speaking, not at all. They were fishermen. Their language would probably make the, tie, the sky turn just blue with the words that they may use as they're pulling in the the nets and they find after a whole day there's not even one fish. I would imagine having been around a few fishermen and having been out on the lake myself, it would not be, praise the Lord. God took ordinary people like you and me. He took people like us to spread the word of Jesus Christ. And each one of us have our own talents. It comes to mind that the the employer that had uh, was leaving the plantation or the property, the fields, and he was going to be gone for a while. And when you're walking wherever you go, you don't know exactly what a while will be. But if they're walking, it's going to take a while to get there and get back. They don't know how, how long they're going to be away. So they, they tell those that are the workers, here I give you ten talents, here I give you five, here I give you one. But eventually the property owner comes back. A friend of mine was gone for several months and he had an employee that he had given instructions what to take care of. And when he when he got back it wasn't done. He became lazy. The employee did. He was not taking care of the property as he was so given. It was like, you know, I'll get it tomorrow, minyana mentality. So he came back and he was the employer was very upset and the individual lost their job because they were not self-motivated. They would not go out and take care of business as they had been instructed. And the owner had faith in him or he wouldn't have given him that task. So when the landowner came back, the person that had 10, 10 talents, he was given that many more, doubled it. And then because he had taken care of business, he was the one that the, the landowner could have confidence in. The next one, five, the same thing. He doubled it. So he got twice as much. So, and then he goes to the third one, and he said he buried all of his talents. I was afraid of you because I knew you to be a tough task maker. Master, but you knew I was a tough taskmaster, then why didn't you at least give it to the bank so we could get some interest? Why did you bury it? And so he took everything away and gave it to the ones that had used their talents. You and I have talents. They're all different. And God, in his infinite wisdom, made sure there was not a hundred thousand of us exactly alike. Each one of us have a ministry. Each one of us have a mission for Jesus Christ while we're here. We're not to sit on those talents. We're not to just lock ourselves in a room and wait for D-Day. We are to share the word of Jesus Christ every day we have. In some form or fashion, and I'm not asking you to step up on the courthouse steps tomorrow and start preaching to the whole county. If you want to, if you find that's what God's asked you to do, go for it. I'll be there on the front wall, row and And saying amen. But you have talents. Everyone has talents. So different from the others. But when we pull them all together, that's when we have a ministry for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the future. Jesus Christ was the past. He is the present. Jesus Christ is with us each and every step of this way that we take down this journey. It's different now that I'm 72 than when I was 17. It's different now at 72 than it's going to be when I'm 82. But we can adjust and we can use the talents He gives us to further His kingdom. As long as we look to Him, He is the way and the truth and the life. And everyone that believeth in Him shall have everlasting life. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful. We are grateful that we have the recorded word of Jesus Christ, your son. We have it. We know the teachings. We have have read it. We have seen it. And yet, dear Lord, too many times we stray from that word. Too many times we do not stand strong as Christ has called us. But it is reassuring to know that the disciples themselves had those moments of weakness. We're coming to you, Lord. Asking for another dose of that confidence. We're asking that you you fill our spirit with courage so that we can share the good news. The good news of Jesus Christ in life, in life that will be for eternity. For it's in his name, his holy name we pray. Amen.